Welcome, 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 welcome to the Trio Positivity Podcast. I'm your host, Boopin, joined as always by my best friends, Miller and CJ. Thank you for joining Hi. us today. I didn't say you what could up? talk. What up? What up? <laughs> Wow, we can't say either, hi. I didn't tell either of you you could talk. We had a trio of friends, as you guys know, talking about sports to try and bring some positivity into your lives. But in this Chicago sports landscape, sometimes it can be hard to find. Boys, how are we doing? What's happening? Oh, now we can talk? Yeah, now you can talk. We got the okay. green light. We Love got that. This. You know, we have, a, we have a group text chat that sometimes Miller... And I have very wonderful conversations that we which, found I, which out I that, mute. Yes. Which yes. Mute. Which we found yeah. out that boop and mutes us. It's so sad that people mute. Seriously. Threats. Just like, leave. Um, just get some boop. enjoyment out of it. Did Plus you say leave? You some sanity. Yeah. Just leave. Just Fuck get, it. I didn't say leave. <laughs> I, I thought I was being. Sanity. Break away from work. Work is just. So stupid. I I thought I was doing you guys a favor by saying you text each other personally. But you know, if we don't. wanted to text each other, we have our own text message group for that. Which today was all very much. You were Bobby. glad not to be included in it, but if we're talking to you about it, it's because we want your feedback. But now that we know that you mute us, our goal is to try to hit a hundred messages before you see that first message. Now I feel like <laughs> me and CJ get muted a lot in a lot of a lot of right? stuff. I don't know why we're so we're fucking great people. And we're so smart. We are. We're and so smart. always we're right. We're always <laughs> positive and right. <laughs> On that positive note, in today's episode, we will discuss the news that stood out to us, give you our thoughts on the very positive Sox and Cubs in the city, and then finish it up with um you know ongoing NBA debate that was recently flamed by a well-respected legend that shook Bulls fans to the core. Fuck, well respected, but all right. Hey, hey, save it for the main section. Okay? I will save it. I will save it. All right, uh, kicking it off. Miller, what you got? What news stood out to you this week? Did you hear that with the Heat winning and actually making it to the the finals in the NBA, he has or he is going to be making his or Pat Riley, I should say, not the Heat. Pat Riley will make his 19th appearance in the NBA Finals as a player, coach, or executive. Incredible. With that, that means that he has been involved in 25% of the finals in NBA history. That is an insane stat. Like we talk about Bilicek. Bill Belichick in the NFL being one of the greatest coaches because he had Tom Brady and they win so many times. I don't even think it's comparable. Like that's one in four for Pat Riley making it into this, into the finals for his team, whether being a player coach or exact. And I mean, that is just jaw drop dropping. I would never have thought that it is even close to that number for one individual. Incredible, incredible numbers. Um, talking about uh, Miami Heat, we got to give props to CJ. You know, he called it Heat. He called it in six games. He was wrong. We'll not talk about that. We don't you talk know. about that part. The more important part was it was the Heat came out with a win. And Miller, I, I loved your stat so much. Just in case people can't do math, 
The NBA Finals started in 1947. So, adding a little bit of stat for you on there. So, yes, that's uh, very How impressive. old is Pat Riley is my question. <laughs> it's like 80s? Like 70s? 80s? Uh, I want to say he's probably in his 80s. Um, no, he's not that per- old. He looks if, old. If, can someone do quick math? What's 2023 minus 1947? How many years is that? Uh, 50. 26. Well, God, if we only had calculators. 76? 76. Wow. All I have to do is 19 divided by 25, 0.25. Yeah, easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... Mm-hmm. Do those I'm, fractions, uh, baby. He's 78 years old. <coughs> College dropout, baby. Um, so he but, was two when the first song thing happened. Mm, that's kind of nuts. Um... And he still managed so to get talking, 25%. In addition to that, with with that, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about a preview of the NBA Finals being the Heat versus the Nuggets. Uh, they had two close games this year. And the only news that matters for me, I'm riding the Heat, baby. I'm riding the Heat. Jimmy Butler has been phenomenal. And I believe we're going to establish a chug bet here. I believe you guys are going Nuggets. Yeah, well, we already owe a chug bet. We do. Yep. Chris, for being right about the heat, we said whoever wins the Sixers and Celtics series. We'll do a chug. So we owe you a chug. Yep. We'll, yeah. we'll establish that some other time. But yeah, the question is, do we do it on the podcast or not? No, I, I vote yes. There is we, expensive equipment we, involved in we, this. We well, save it for the here's social Here's the thing, media. Chris. I understand that you really suck at doing bets because you don't ever chug. But you uh, don't. It's because I always put, win. What do you mean? You don't. You don't put the the glass of the beverage in the microphone. You could actually do it like off camera. Yeah, but is off your audio chugging, and chugging. If you're, uh, you, you don't need a, it. Doesn't it, hear need me out. The guys, guys, mind blowing idea. Uh-huh. We already do chug bets. We already know how to record it. We'll do it for the socials. You know, oh, bring in some more people into us. That works. And maybe start the social media that we have been trying to I have, yeah. Fine. Then I have the Heat in seven. Uh, I think the Heat will steal one or two games away. Not game one and two. I believe the Heat will, will take some away games. And my heart was saying Heat in six again, but... I believe Tyler Hero is also going to make a comeback. Possibly game three is what I'm hearing. So it should be a fun series. Um, again, I think Denver doesn't get that much credit for getting there. Um, having last year's MVP, um, you know, is still going to be good. So it's going to be a good series. So I'm excited. Yeah. Boopin, what you got? Um, before we jump on, really just look at the line for her Denver game. Denver's a nine point favorite tomorrow. Uh, that sounds it's like. A- CJ, if you really wanted to put your money where your mouth is, you might want to yeah. put some money on the heat because I I will put. I money believe on the, the Nuggets are plus or minus four hundred, and the, the Heat are plus three ten. In so money, you should really figure that. In to, to win, win the series. Series. you know what I'll do. You know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do five dollars every game Heat money line. Okay, yeah, that that's a, that's a good bet. You might do better putting all of the money. I don't heat in seven, but again, that I'll still put heat. I'll put five in heat. You in should seven. just put money that the heat are gonna 
when yeah, and 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 we say units. We don't say. We, did yeah. you mean five units? No, five bucks. One unit. We don't. <laughs> okay. We're the trio of positivity and low betting. <laughs> no parlays, baby. Team no parlays. Just wait till right. football season starts, listeners. We're gonna get into dumb twelve pick parlays. Can't wait. <laughs> Nope, we don't do that. Um, uh, I I wanted to talk about this, and you guys know I'm a Sox fan, but I hope those even the Cubs fans, um, you know, saw the news, got some good good vibes out of this news. I think it was wonderful news this week. Liam Hendricks is back, uh, the Australian closer for the White Sox. Um, you know, um, fairly solid closer. Like sometimes he has up and down, but he he was diagnosed with non. Hodgkin's lymphoma in December, uh, came out in January. That man went through chemo, went through everything. And like, you know, he came out to a standing ovation from the Angels bench, the Memorial Day crowd, and even the Alms. Like I saw, I read an article. They were like, is he going to have like a delay of game because they're going to root for him with the ovation. It's going to get him that. But the Alms were in on it as well. Um, he didn't have a good game. Probably have to say that he threw 27 pitches, gave up a couple runs. Um, you know, White Sox lost the game, but again, I cannot imagine like going, getting diagnosed, going through chemo, uh, and everything. I I found this quote too. Um, so during spring training, he showed up at the White Sox camp, um, which is about uh, approximately about 60 days uh, till today, and he told uh, Rick Hahn. That, hey, I'm going to be back in 60 days. And I think Monday was 60, day 60. So it's just incredible that 45 days removed from his last chemo. Last chemo, he like, he's there pitching. So it's just, just incredible story. I, I hope even the Cubs fan get a kick out of that. that that's what I wanted to share. Um, It was good. Um, I think it was a little bit. It's a little bit dumb that now standing ovations have to be pre-approved um, to the umpire. That. Is that what it was? Yeah. So there is a new rule now because I think someone was getting a standing ovation. I can't remember who it Bellinger, was. Bellinger, I think. Wasn't it Cody? Oh, was it? Yeah, it was Bellinger. And he got called for not stepping in the box on time. And so after that, the rule is the teams have to let the umpires know that standing ovations will be either a possibility or they're going to request one and they now have that ability to kind of play with it which in all fairness it's a it's a human thing like if people want to do that i just find it funny like you might as well give them the standing ovation when these in the on deck circle or or just go away with standing ovations but it was nice to see i got to i got to see that and i believe it was stage four um which is even more impressive yeah, yeah, it's so crazy that they can just bounce back so quickly because I remember hearing this. Wasn't it? Was it in 2023 that it was announced, or was it like last year? Like, last year. Yeah, I think it was like he was diagnosed December, but I think he came out. I think it was December. That sounds December, about right. January. That's it's just crazy how quickly that that could that can happen, and it's just thankful for the technology aspect of things that we've been we've advanced to the point where these athletes can bounce back. I know, I know athletes like I believe John Lester had something similar. I think Anthony Rizzo had cancer at one point. 
all these athletes are able to make these miraculous comebacks and just get back to right where they hopefully get back to where they were before. And, and man, so awesome. it's just, on it's the, very impressive on that super positive note. Let's bring you down to earth. Okay. Um, let's talk about the baseball teams in the city. I'll, I'll start with the Sox. Um, you know, we were riding high after sweeping the Royals. I know Miller doesn't count it as as a good series, but we, we won against them. We'd we'd won like a couple of series. We love playing good good baseball. It's my time. Shut up. <laughs> but we lost the series to Detroit. We won against <laughs> Cleveland. That was good. All right. <clears throat> we we lost again to the Angels. So like they're playing five hundred baseball <laughs> around there. Five and five. Four, I don't six, think that adds five. up to five hundred. In the four last six. ten, you, you, six you, in got the last include, you got to include oh. the, the previous loss that they had when he's not um, again this. reclaiming my time. Okay, um, again, um, if your pitcher average is around four point eight five, which is what the White Sox were have been, the batter average was two thirty eight. It's it's hard. It's hard to pay a good base, but you know the team is inconsistent. We we know that we've seen this all year, but. Um, I feel that like the positive outlook in the last seven has been batting. Eloy was back, was hitting around 429. Anderson, who also came back from his own injury, is around 385. Vaughn is at 304. Um, so, like, you know, like very minuscule positive outlook there. But, um, you know, with how bad the division is, and Miller reminds me every time how bad the division is, not just um, Miller. I think everyone in general reminds you. Oh, I, I, Miller is. doesn't remind you with how bad the division is. Miller reminds you how bad the team is. You know what? That's fair. I remind you how bad the division is. Reclaiming my time. Thank you. <laughs> Can I just say, though, I believe we talked about your schedule last episode, and we did say that this is your downward spiral. I mean, you guys are also played the race. so like No. So what we talked about was the fact that this is the easy part in the schedule. Oh, um, because Detroit. Oh, you're is right. Not good. Angels are not good. And they have another series with Detroit that's basically become they need to sweep Detroit uh, because after this series, sorry to interrupt indeed, your time after this series, <laughs> I believe they do not, not face sure. a team over 500 or something until like July. Oh, no, they don't face a divisional opponent until like July 15th. Yeah. And, and then we all know play- Central sucks. So they're just going to go on a streak with some really good teams after Detroit. So they play Yankees, Dodgers, Marlins, who swept the Cubs. Um, Basically, what we're going to be start seeing is a lot more that I started to see today is the Tim Anderson rumors and the other thing about this team potentially being because the fact that they did not go on a run over these last two weeks or so when they could have is not good. Let's just put it at that. Yep. Um, agreed. Um, just like general trends, though, general positive trends, the starting pitcher go later in the game than they were earlier in the season, which is good to see, which kind of helps the relief pitching a little bit. Um, again, they were one of the worst in relief pitching. That, that's gotten better, too. Uh, with Hendricks coming back, hopefully some consistency there. Uh, I think, that's what uh, I that, have. I think that's a good outlook. I think... Um... You, 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 so you're you're still on the positivity train with them. You still feel like this this can turn around. I I was after last week. I gave him a four. If you guys remember, I'm probably downgrading that to a three. Um, Ooh, 
with tough couple of series coming, I I need to see something from them to bump. Them Trade up. deadline is July, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have a month to turn this around, and this this is not the time to be in it. I believe yep. you guys are fourth in your division, but you're six and a half games back. I mean, I it's still that's, it's that's, still that's a streak. Tricky. It's that, still a streak worthy. That, that, that's, they that's need to win problem. ten games to make be five hundred. Yeah, uh, like, well, no, ten games actually. Like... Ten games would still get them under five hundred if we're talking about as of now. The one comment I was gonna say about your division, though, the Twins are the only ones as of right now, as of this podcast recording, that are over five hundred. Yeah, by one game, and that's game. that's the thing, and that's why the series against Detroit is so important because. When they start going out of their division, they're going to be facing tougher opponents unless they and start playing the NAS, NL Central, which is basically the same division. Detroit so, is second in the division. Um, I mean, talking about teams that the division fourth, under 500. Talking about teams that were fourth in their division, let's talk about one that's fifth in their division, the Cubs. <laughs> hey, let's go. And we still Look, have a better record than the Sox. We still have a better record than the Sox. Let's go. Yep, that's... Yep, yep. Listeners, I will take over this part, CJ here, because uh, we're going to get into a little bit of some topics. But um, one thing I do want to point out about the Cubs, they officially took two games out of three against Tampa. We got robbed today. I will say that. So you're not going to talk about the, the important notes? I will give. One. I was gonna give. I was gonna give over the important notes, but you know, it's as far as like our what our conversation is gonna go. But because we're gonna talk a little bit more, and there's a little spicy topic that we're gonna get into. Um, but which is not on the agenda, by the way. No, no, it's it is in the agenda. <laughs> um, but my whole thing is the Cubs. If they had swept the Rays, my positivity outlook would have been an eight. Oh my gosh, Jesus! But because we got Recency two out of three, much. we're still out of six, baby. We just got swept by the Reds. The fucking Reds swept us at home. Listen, don't give me this crap because we won. The Reds two games are the third when... best team in the division. Okay, let's give them credit. They're <laughs> That's a, they're sad a, in itself. It's a, it is sad. Can we acknowledge that that the professor's back, please? Yes, Kyle Hendricks is now in our rotation. Dealing, he was dealing. The other he was night. dealing. Hey, maybe one this is run. the weekend. Hendricks are back. The Hendricks one, are back, baby. One run against Tampa Bay over five innings. I don't even know if any pitcher on the Sox were able to do that because they got their ass kicked. Um, yeah, they did. Keeping in that trend, um, Miller, I believe every game against the Rays was defined by one run, which speaks volumes about what we need as a team which we're going to get into but yeah go ahead keep going what what other positivities have you seen so far miller um i mean i must admit i was impressed against tampa bay that was a nice nice bounce back after the sweep but you just can't do that against the reds i'm sorry i'm sticking to that but it's just like when you have a team like that coming in basically an equal opponent to come into your home park to get swept just you, you just can't do that if you expect to move somewhere. Um, we are, I believe, at this point, seven games uh, under five hundred. We've fallen back. I think we've probably played probably a, probably 
four and six or three and seven over the last ten, and we just have looked very inconsistent. The bullpen is a freaking mess that we will get into. Um, and you know, the big topic right now is the manager, David Ross. Here we go. He came to the team probably what, uh, 2014, 15 as a player, won us a World Series, had a few managers after that. Joe Madden being the one, props to the big dog, got us that World Series ring. Thank Ooh, you very much. And proceeded to be this golden child for some reason with this organization. No, this, no, mm. no, no, no. You mm. can't say that. He basically was because he quickly ascended from a player to a manager. He became a manager with the Cubs. He's four-year manager. And over that time period, he is 30 days under 500. And considering we had basically our core for the first two seasons of that, that's not very good. Okay. Um, I got to stop you there, buddy. Got to stop you there because we both know why that core did not work out. It was mostly injuries. I wouldn't say mostly injuries. It was mostly injuries. And we had no pitching. We still had the, the core. The core, he came core, to the team, core he of had hitters everybody. is great when you can score four runs, but we had, you give away six. Okay, we're not. I mean, you still had you Darvish on the team who was dealing. He was up for the Cy Young. Mm-hmm. You still had Kyle Hendricks on the team. You still mm-hmm. had John Lester on the team. John Lester was gone by 2017. He made the playoffs, and I believe they got swept. Um, so, I mean, I'm just saying. He he had teams that he could have put over the top. And he wait, wait, wait. You're saying, you're saying the Cubs made the playoffs with Ross in it? I believe they did the first year. They did not, my friend. He hasn't, made, he hasn't had any playoffs? No playoffs. Thought they did. It just goes to their underachievement. It goes to show that we... So the bottom line is, the, the current conversation is, do we need to keep Ross on this on this team? And my opinion is, I think he needs to go. Um, I think this team needs a shake-up, similar to what we had in the Phillies last year. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that if Ross gets fired, they're going to bounce back, but I just don't see the future with him. This team is currently on the upward trend. I will give you that. But are you going to sit here and, and think David Ross, a guy with no experience when he started this, being the guy that leads us to the promised land? I don't see it. I, I just don't. I don't know. The, de- the in-game decisions that he's been making is just mind-boggling. Whether you're talking about the bullpen whether you're talking about having hitters come in. Eric Hosmer, he asked Eric Hosmer to lay down a sacrifice bunt. He has three sacrifice bunts in his career. He is not a sacrifice bunter. He keeps playing players like Eric Hosmer. He's leaving Ian Happ on the bench with the bases loaded. He's taking people out the bullpen. He's placing arms in there. Today, he took off Wasniski, who's had he gave up two hits over three and two thirds innings. He he gives up a I think a walk or a single, and he takes him out only to bring in Mark Leiter, who gives up a two run shot backed the following inning. He puts him out there again. He gives up another two run shot. I mean, the in game decisions are 
crap. The lineup is bullshit. He's not playing his stars after huge games. You can talk about that. It's just the mistakes that he's making is mind-boggling, and I just don't think he has the the repertoire to go and lead this team to the promised land that we will hopefully be in the next year or two. This I want everyone to realize that this is what I hate about Cub fans. We win one World Series, one, and all of a sudden, we have this fucking halo around us that we have to now win in the next couple of years. This is still a development team. As much as we have good teams on it or good players, this is still a development team. As far as David Ross is concerned, their offensive stats have increased every year that he's been in the league. 2022 was a decline, bud. Every Okay, I'm sorry. Three out of the four years. There you go. Right? That's still 75%, which is still an improvement. Not to mention, we finally decided to sign some people. The Cubs have not signed any good players that make us a playoff team. What are you talking about? The Cubs have spent $500 million in the last two years in free agents. And of those 500 are those World Series caliber players? No. I don't know. Thank you. Do you want to do you want to sit on the sideline and Oh my god, there? that is loud. That is loud. Very loud. Oh, sorry. I muted him. You can't you can't sit here and say you're not the Cubs should spend money and then do not look at the fact that we just spent 500 million in the last 2 years. I mean, we got 500 Sia million Suzuki in the last year. 2 years. Last year we got Stroman who's basically your favorite player on the Cubs right now. Stroman is a great two. signing. The majority of the signings though have come from Suzuki, Stroman, and that's maybe Swanson. two players this year. Swanson and Tyon. And there I will go. say, right now, the free agents class for 2023 is highly disappointing. Hosmer exactly. busted. Trey Mancini looks like a freaking ghost of himself. He looks like shit. Tyon has basically the ERA of a Sox player. And, I mean, it's just it's very disappointing. But you can't sit here and say... They haven't spent money when they have. Miller, they ha- over two you just answered my question, impressive. though. They haven't spent money to be a World Series team. What are you talking about? Do you want them to spend a billion? Is that what you want? Miller, do we have a team to spend money on? Do you think that the team right now is only a couple players away from a, from a playoff slash World Series? No. I don't think the players that That's they not, got... Hold on. Answer the question. Hold on. It's a yes or no. As the team stands right now, are they one or two players away from a playoff berth, not a world, not a wild card, from a playoff berth and going into the World Series? Are they one or two players away? Not going to the World Series, but they're no. one and two, one or two players away from going into the playoffs. Yes, one or two, right? Have we signed those one or two players? No. This, do you do this that off in season? one off season? That's do my you do whole that, point. and, and do I gave you, do you that two, two off seasons. Do you do it in two? The, you build you, up. They're like, doing it the oh, right way. Oh, I'm not going to sit here and deny that. that. They made a lot of mistakes this year, specifically with some free agents that they signed that they didn't pan out. But, I mean, Cody Bellinger, hopefully they can flip him. 
They got a good minor league system, who we're going to get into more detail on that next week. But you can't sit here and say they haven't spent money when clearly they have. They've they spent haven't money spent on money. Uh, damn it, Boopin. I'm, I'm muting you. It's funny how White Sox fans can't have this conversation about playoffs because they haven't been there since how long? They were there like two years ago. And yeah, they, just they, were, they, were, they were there more recently than your team, buddy. They haven't won a series in since, I think, 2005. So, oh, interesting. No, no, I, I love the sad violence. Oh, keep going, guys. I'm loving this. But, I mean, getting back to, okay, obviously maybe Ross will not get fired, even though I think he should be. But potential replacements. First of all, the biggest one uh, there is Joe Girardi. You really think he came? to this organization to be an announcer in the booth. I think hey. he smelled blood in the water. Hey, you know I what's crazy? He did, and I think he's thinking to jump in and he's got a championship pedigree. So I wouldn't you know be what's, surprised. If you know, what's crazy. Wait, Joe Girardi has a championship pedigree. Excuse Didn't me. Didn't he win with the Yankees? He did not. Uh, yeah, he did. I know he, he did, did not. He didn't. Okay. And any yeah, other replacements you-, you guys can think of? Wait, uh, yeah. also, that's another former player, by the way, that became a manager. And you're calling him championship caliber. His first team was, I believe, the Yankees. And then he was in the minor system. I, I don't know what you're saying. I know it's a former player. I understand that. But he also has experience where David Ross doesn't. Like okay, Chris, explain yourself. Why do you think like why do you think they should keep Ross? The players are developing. The players in the, in the major league, they're developing. They're they're actually they're playing closer games and they're actually producing runs. You're if you're going to take a manager away, the replacement better be up there. That's all I'm saying. And right now, I like what happened with Joe Madden being brought in. That, I thought, was a great move. Fantastic move. Because that was like the one piece that we were kind of missing. David Ross right now, he's got so much experience talking to pitchers in his career. He knows what to look for as far as like building players up. And these last four seasons, there's been improvement. Sure, if there was a downward year last year, yeah, there was a lot of downward years for the Cubs. But every time, the players have improved. If but you're who? going to bring... Who's developed? I mean, the only one you can talk about is Nico Horner. Like, the bullpen's a mess. I mean, where are you at? And for the record, he did win a World Series in 2009 with the Yankees. Thank you. Was it him? Yes. He's been, he was with the Yankees for like 10 years. Yes, it was mm, him. I thought he... I just, I mean, after. I see development. There are some players out there that... But, I mean, I don't know how much development you can put on the manager. To me, the manager it needs to focus on in-game decision, decision-making, working the bullpen, putting it, people right situation and i haven't seen it enough this year and i question the ability to take it to the next level that's where i am because he's got four years experience with the same team first of all people talking gets old especially with players if they hear the same thing over and over again it eventually flames out and at this point I agree with a that. lot of these guys have been okay. listening to him for a period of time so but is a big one that comes to mind you you still have people uh that are current coaches uh, Andy Green in one, who's a bench coach, who did sub in when he had COVID, when um, Ross had COVID. He's familiar with the team. He has four years of managerial experience. And then Matt, Mike Napoli is an op. Is, is a, I don't agree with Andy Green guy. because if it's the same coach, why why 
take away not the same coach. It's the same. It's, it's the same, same system. tree. It's in the same, same system. Same system. Yeah. Like, yeah. why would you replace? That's like, it's I don't a know. New guy. That's what they did in the Philadelphia last year, and what propped them up? They used the bench coach to, to, to bring them in, and they ended up in the World Series. That's how it works. It's a new voice. Yes, I understand that it's the same coaching tree, but it's a new voice. I thought the Philly coach was a former a bench coach for the Cubs. He might have been, but he was a bench coach for Philly uh, when they fired Girardi last year. Okay. Um, d- defending well, Girardi, defending I mean, Girardi quickly. Um, in the years, seven, eight years, nine years, he was with the Yankees. He made the ALCS one, two, three, four, three times, won the World Series once, um, lost in the divisional round one time, and lost the uh, uh, World Series one time. So I that's thought the, the last Yankees, World Series though. was still with uh, Joe Torre, so that's my fault. Yeah, um, that's the Yankees. The Yankees are always in it, and so you're always going to have success because they s- they spend money, right? Yeah. So like- uh, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. I just think I don't know if David Ross is the future of this organization when they take the next step. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully he is, but uh, I don't know. I just don't know. You just don't know when you have a group of players that are young hoping to take the next step and got to trust the, the organization. I disagree. I don't like anyone that are potential replacements. Joe Girardi. I, I, I don't like him. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Talking about baseball, quick, quick preview for you guys next week. We'll be taking a deeper dive into the Cubs and the Sox farm system. Any prospects coming up, anything we should look forward to in the next episode. So something for you guys to look on, but uh, moving on to the meats and potatoes of the episode here. Um, if you live in Chicago, I'm sure this was the biggest news of, of your of your week. Um, you know, we we had a former player, a legend, I may say, Pippin. Um, you know, the great number two, arguably great number two. Um, he he had an interview um, with Stacy King, who was who's hot sauce, hot sauce, <laughs> beep beep. Um, he he they, they had an interview a podcast um, where he said LeBron would be the greatest statistical guy difficult word to say to play the game of basketball and there's no comparison to him he added none so does that make him the greatest player to ever play the game this is a question um, you know we Bulls fans are hurt you know we have the, the goat we have the goat and there's so many arguments out there so just, just want to see. Miller, how'd you feel about this? Where you are? Tell 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 me what's going on. First of all, I believe that the statistical guy and the greatest are two separate categories, in my opinion. Okay. But Fair. with that being said, I think Jordan takes the wash on both. If you look at what Jordan did, first of all, from the greatest aspect, his mindset dominating games, dominating series, dominating playoff. It's just at another level. LeBron was never there. He he carried his team, yes, but that was one team, would you say? Maybe Cleveland when they won. I don't think they had they had trash teams. But the Heat, no. I mean, with the Lakers when they won, I believe it was the COVID year, right? With I mean, they still had Anthony Davis when they won there, so he he's always been surrounded by stars. And yes, you can say Jordan's the same with Scotty, um, but 
Uh, the bottom line is Jordan's stats speak for themselves. You have to honor the fact that he averaged 30.1 points a year. The steals were unmatched. They were almost one steal more than LeBron. Obviously, LeBron leads in the assists and the rebounds categories, yes. But the biggest thing is to real to understand is in today's day and age, there are so many different metrics that really um, come to the forefront that we haven't had before. When you sit here and talk about the efficiency rating, talking about the production per minute, uh, Jordan is number one overall, leading James, who is number three, by almost a point. And the defensive rating, which is how many points allowed in 100 possessions, Jordan's winning. Uh, he, he dominates James there. And then the plus minus. It's another key statistic that isn't really talked about. Jordan's number two overall um, with a 9.2. So there's definitely statistics out there that support Jordan being the greatest outside of the rebounds and assists that um, that James dominates. So to, to look at those, to just look at those three categories, I think is misleading. I think you got to dive deeper into the metrics and look at all everything, the totality of their game, and realize that Jordan is the not only the best statistical player, but also the greatest player to ever play. So I just want to get my points in on this, Boop, and you want to go first. No, no. Like, what I was trying to say was, like, you know, MJ is a GOAT, right? Like, no arguments here. Um, I think the argument was, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, is that LeBron has played longer. And he's like still like close to LeBron, sorry, close to MJ in some categories. And in some categories, he's like statistically better, right? I think that's the mm-hmm. argument to be able to sustain that for longer, which again, the, the, the fair argument, right? It is probably an opinions thing. But what I would say is that the clutch factor, which I agree with Miller, like he had that kill uh, that I don't think LeBron does. And that okay. he was the one player that was a difference maker. That's why I think, like statistical great player, two different arguments. Agree with Miller there. What do you got to say? Um, given what he's saying, Pippen is essentially saying that LeBron James, from a stats only perspective, is going to be considered the greatest player to ever play. Now, I believe an argument can be made that if Jordan played five more years, which would equal the same amount of years that LeBron has just played this year, he would be higher in those statistical ratings. So I believe any stats that come up right now are going to be flawed. If you play five more years, and I believe in five years, LeBron averaged 28, 29 points. If if we're going to put it out there like that, I think that alone can make Jordan get closer to some of the numbers. I think LeBron being the all-time leading points getter would not have been possible in 15 years, which is how many years Jordan played. Yep, 100%. Um, So I think that stat is also flawed, but I agree with what Pippen is saying. From a stats-only point of view, LeBron will probably finish higher in assists, higher in 
in steals maybe if he gets two to three steals a game. We I, so, we still we still think LeBron has two more two or three more years left in the league. I think we can all Is it safe to say that Jordan had the quality and LeBron just had the quantity? Yes. Because I, I feel like with LeBron, with he is on the leaderboard for a lot of these records. But he's also probably the longest tenured player to ever play in the NBA. So um, I feel like he's, he's up there. He's definitely up there. I think not many I'm, players have played as long as he has. I think there's still a couple players that are in the plus. Okay, still 20. a couple, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I mean, he didn't go to college, so he had that four year advantage. Plus, I think he like I I get your point, Miller. Like, there hasn't been a player who's as dominant in his game and like playing as much lebron had but like i disagree with that but again if we're talking about dominating there is no stat out there in the world that you can define dominating there is no stat no there isn't just look at jordan no i I was gonna say that so jordan either didn't make it to the finals when he did he won right when he went on when he made it he won yeah like lebron has yeah lebron has been to 10 finals and he's won four I think that's the biggest knock on LeBron. The clutch factor, the itch factor, whatever you call it, that's where he falls short. Um, But there's no... You can't define that with a stat. So you're saying because LeBron James went to 10 NBA Finals and only has four championships to account for, he wasn't a dominant player? That's what you guys are insinuating? No, like... I. Like what we're trying to say is like if there's a comparison, head to head, like that's the difference. No, head to head comparison. No, I I agree. The the head to head comparison, I don't think we're gonna get into a debate about there's it. There's a there's a certain mindset that you have a will to win, a will to win, if you will. And mm-hmm. when you look at things like documentaries like The Last Dance and stuff like that, and just look at the mindset of Michael Jordan and how he he maneuvered and he he basically was at the point where he did what he wanted to do. He willed his teams to win. And and he, he took it personally, it you know? He wasn't just a guy that walked in there lackadaisical. I remember see what the you first did there. few years of LeBron James. I mean, there was a lot of thoughts on he didn't even want to take the last shot. Do you see that ever conversation ever coming up with MJ? Hold there on, though. No, every- so, so this is going to get into the next part of our conversation, but... I do want to add one point. LeBron is more of a team player than Jordan was. Why do you okay. categorize that? Because of assists? Like what 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 puts that on the map? Because I mean, if, if you look if, at if you were to look Jordan's at the last assists, shots, I mean he gave up. No, 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 no. I'm just looking at it from let's say like the last two minutes of the game. Jordan will want control of the ball. And Unless a play was drawn up. Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz. Unless a play was drawn up, because a lot of people also don't remember, Steve Kerr hit a game-winning shot to win a championship as well. But Jordan Don't think the play was supposed to go to him, right? I don't think that supports your argument. But what I'm saying is, LeBron James was more to pass the ball than having it at the end. That's all I was going to say. No, He also missed a lot of shots at the end. CJ, wonderful point. Wonderful point. That brought it's, up the fact that LeBron doesn't have that closer mentality. That in his I, defense, 
he he broke it for the most part because yeah. he started to take more shots. But I believe in like the first ten years of his career, that was a stigma on him was the fact that he wasn't the guy that the go to. He couldn't make the clutch shot last second. And but the thing is too, that's there. also how much the game has changed. Where Jordan played at a time where zone was not allowed. You know, like defenses played different. There also wasn't like in 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 his time a four and a five wouldn't shoot threes or wouldn't be perimeter players compared to now where there's more opportunities for players to make more shots. So the, the, the eras are a little bit different, but the only thing I will always give credit to LeBron for is he knew that he was going to get double teamed. He knew that if he drove one way, he was going to get double teamed and he was always willing to make the pass. Jordan, on the other hand, he knew that there's, there's no zone, so it's mostly man, right? He can drive, and he's going to want to finish and get to the foul line, where I think LeBron's mentality has always been, you play to get the open shot. But they didn't call fouls when Jordan played. Oh, he got to the line, but they didn't call fouls like they do today. I mean, imagine again, Jordan playing Again, great arguments, era. boys. Great arguments. We'll table it for next time, but you guys brought up a good point, right? In, in the later part of the episode... Pippen dished out high praise on the LeBron. Um, you know, he debated that they are equal, if not superior. Uh, but I think the thing that got Chris, um, you know, angrier than if you put uh, ketchup on a hot dog uh, was that. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion, but go ahead. Uh, speaking of, um, he said he described Jordan as a horrible player. Um, this is a direct quote. I've seen Michael Jordan play before I came to the Bulls. You guys have seen him play. He was a horrible, he was horrible to play with. It was all one on one, shooting bad shots. All of a sudden, we become a team and we start winning. Everybody forgot who he was. He was a player who was really not at top of his category. It was scoring, is what he said. Now, CJ, the floor is yours. How does that make you feel, buddy? So, I've 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 contemplated how I want to go about this because. Scottie Pippen was my favorite player to select in NBA Jam. I had <laughs> Yeah, he was. <laughs> I had a lot of respect for being the second guy, the guy that never got the opportunity to like be a, a first. But fuck Scottie Pippen. Boom. You said Scottie Pippen is the biggest piece of shit I think I've seen come to Chicago in a long time. A little bit of background. Uh, we all know that a Jordan is now tagging his ex-wife, more or less his son. So, right, right at you there, brother. Um, my obviously this is a jealousy thing. Obviously, this is Scotty trying to get that attention. My whole thing with this is, I no longer put him in the conversation of who should be talked about when it comes to former Bulls players. It used to be Jordan, Scotty, and then everyone else. He's now off the list. And I will gladly put in Joakim Noah as a guy that I loved when he wore the jersey. Derek Rose is also someone up there too that I would have as someone that you talk about 
And fun fact, I actually didn't agree with the Bulls drafting Derrick Rose when he first came out. And I, I bought his jersey. I changed my mind completely. Um, and that's also a team that I felt had they won the championship, if it wasn't for injuries, we, this, this conversation of Scotty wouldn't be discussed because we now have another team to look at and say, hey, that's now the gold standard. Granted, it's not six championships, but Derrick Rose was ahead of his time. Joe Kim Noah was such a great teammate. He was just someone that enjoyed playing the game. and Yeah, he still is involved with the city. He does charity in the city still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Scotty, you done fucked up, brother. You're not going to get any more Jordans sent your way unless uh, Miller, or Miller, unless uh, Jordan's son feels guilty and wants to send them your way as he's tagging your ex-wife, but... You know, Damn. it is how what it, it is. How does it really make you feel, man? I'm annoyed because it's like, don't shit where you eat, you know? Like, the one thing that actually pisses me off, too, is fucking Jerry Reinsdorf hasn't said a fucking word. Like, defend the shield or defend the logo, like in soccer or in hockey. In hockey, you bad mouth the Blackhawks, any former player, any like they will defend the jersey. They will defend it. Fucking the NBA, you can say whatever you want, and it's like nobody says shit. Jordan I mean, there will, are a bunch of princesses in the NBA. Yeah, but it's That's different. how it always is. But I mean, you always have a bunch of feuds. You have the, the Charles Barkley, the MJ feud. I mean, the bottom line is Scotty has a fucking stick up his ass because he fucking he was he felt disrespected because of the last dance documentary. I I mean, I understand what you're saying, but the bottom line is, yes, Scotty runs his mouth about the Michael LeBron debate. He's been doing that for years. And he was always on Jordan's side, though, in previous years. In he was either on years, Jordan's side or he was indecisive, right? Yeah, he but was. Now neutral. he's pushed the envelope where he's talking about this. But Joakim Noah, the fact that you even bring him up in the conversation is a joke. I mean, yes, How he was a good player. He was fun. But, I mean, come on. They didn't do shit. They did, They won a few playoff series. Oh, I mean, here we go. It was go. fun. But they didn't. he didn't actually drive them to success. Derrick Rose, yes. If, he if didn't get you injured, were to... If he didn't get injured, you can have that conversation with me. But do you also want to include Jay Williams in there? Yes. I mean, if he didn't get on his motorcycle accident, maybe he could have been the best sliced bread. Come on. Don't stop talking about hypotheticals. The fact of the matter is Michael Jordan said in the documentary The Last Dance that he wouldn't have been able to do it without Scotty. Scotty was he's ranked in the top 50 in the NBA all time. I mean, Derrick Rose and Joakim Noah aren't even in the conversation even. Scotty, he was a three-time NBA first team, seven-time All-Star, one of the best defenders ever. Like, don't sit here and give me these bullshit players that they had the potential to get there, but they never reached the pinnacle. Okay, and first say of that all, they're better than Scotty Pippen just because Scotty Pippen hurt your fucking feelings. First of like, all, come on, dude. First of all, you're a hundred percent wrong. If you listen to any of the interviews that Derrick Rose has given or any of the other players that have talked about it, they will say Joe Kim Noah was the heart and soul of that team. No doubt. It's just like Contreras was the heart and soul of the sub, the Cubs because his emotions 
his emotions. When was Contreras was Contreras the heart and soul of a championship team? Hey, should I get the violin or what? No, don't hit the violin. I swear to God, I'll kick you out of this call. Those emotions, like when you have emotional players, they're really portrayed as the heart and soul of the team. Joakim, Contreras, Baez, those are all very emotional players. Look at Carlos Zambrano with the Cubs in the back past history. Very emotional. When you do you have consider Carlos Zambrano? Do you consider Carlos Zambrano a legend of the Cubs? No, I don't. Then you, why would you bring him up? Because it's just a point. No, that's not a point. Joakim Noah is even talked about today. Besides, yes, you. he is. Are you kidding me? This just further shows how you are not in the NBA mind scope like you don't pay attention to anything that comes out of the nba you just look at something and you're like oh that looks good and you move on what i'm trying to tell you is everything that i've seen so if are we going to dive into this whole like being a bad teammate thing do we want to do we at least want to go into that because when pippen came in when pippen came in someone else also came in so it wasn't just Pippen that came in and fucking magically changed the Bulls. It was fucking Phil Jackson. Okay? It was after Doug Collins left, Phil Jackson came in, and then they started fucking winning. So no, if if we're going to talk about what was the biggest thing, and one more thing to, to bring up to that, it was also brought up in the last dance, and I believe even Scotty was kind of saying it, Charles Oakley made a fucking difference. Charles Oakley was an enforcer. If someone touched Jordan or if someone touched Pippen, he was the first one to go up there and he was willing to get ejected for the fucking team. So to say that Jordan was a bad teammate. Yeah. And you won. Kobe was considered a bad teammate. And you won. You're saying that he is a bad teammate. But winning justified. Yeah, winning justified. I agree with that. I no doubt. I mean, but the bottom line is... When you have elite talent like that, like you mentioned with Kobe, when you have elite talent, they're on a different level. They the expectations set for the under exactly. Who would set high. that expectation so, though? I mean, you can look at different CEOs throughout the the, the states and the world, even, and they're just on a different level. They're not. Here's, they here's my so thing, much from Here, the, that, that, but that's my whole point. If Jordan's expectations were hey practice starts at eight i want you guys here at seven and pippen showed up at seven and he's like man jordan fucking made us come in at seven o'clock he doesn't sign your fucking contracts if those are the expectations of jordan and you won because you followed certain criteria that jordan's put in front of it then yeah you're not gonna have a fun time being in a team like that look at the miami heat right now Jimmy Butler, he got himself out of the Timberwolves. How did he do that? He showed up to practice. He played with the third stringers. And he was like, hey, I'm going to show you that you guys fucking need me. You decided to give the max contract to someone else. Your team is soft. And you're not going to go anywhere. Fucking beat the team. Everyone's talking about it. Jimmy Butler goes to Philly. Philly is one shot away from an NBA Finals appearance. One shot away. And ever since Jimmy Butler left, the Heat have been in the Finals more times than Philly has and then Minnesota has. I believe he has the same mentality and the same 
process of what Jordan has of what Kobe has. He might not be this. I'm not saying they're the same player. Let's not let's not put that out there. But that team wants to play for Jimmy Butler. There's people that have said on the last dance. And if you want to say that the documentary was all about Jordan. Well, yeah, it was, of course, fucking about Jordan. He's the guy that led the team. So I'm sorry, but stop being soft. Your your ex-wife is getting tagged by another Jordan. Like, if you want to get pissed off about that, figure it out with your ex. But don't say that because his son is tagging his wife, his ex-wife, that Jordan was a bad teammate. What do you want? You want Jordan to tell his son not to not to bang his 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 ex-wife? Like, is that what we're getting into? To me, does it does it really matter what Pippen says now? I just think he's I, a I stick don't up think his so. ass from I think the last I, I think because the yeah. bottom line is. Back in 2018, he clearly came out and he said, Michael Jordan is the greatest to ever put shoes on and play yeah. in our game. No doubt. Charles Barkley doesn't that talk kinda... to Michael Jordan. They don't talk anymore. But Charles Barkley, every every time he's on Inside the NBA and Jordan gets brought up, Jordan is the greatest player to ever play the game. Like, I'm sorry. Like, to me, this is a mute point. I think it's just Scotty wants to bring more attention to him to make it seem like I'm the reason that we did this. I'm sorry. You're not. You had yes, two, you had two years to, to do it when Jordan decided to play baseball. You had two he years to be that lead. The MVP. He, he got, he got MVP votes. In those That's great. Did we win a championship? We made a playoffs without, did MJ he win a championship? He did not. Thank you very much. No, he didn't. But MJ Thank didn't you. win it without him. When either. he went to the, when he went to the Rockets, did he win a championship? No. Did MJ did win without Scotty? He did not. Thank but you. was MJ number one? What? Was, was MJ, MJ number, number one? one of what? Of everything. Yes. Without Scotty? I'm pretty sure I'll I'll be I'll be the one to say it. Scotty Pippen was mostly injured during the bat the last couple years of that run. There was a couple games that Scotty didn't even play. The bottom line is Scotty won. wouldn't have done it without Jordan, and Jordan wouldn't have done it without Scotty. I don't Scottie. agree with that anymore. That's why Fuck he's that. the second best player on the Bulls. All right. Thank Stone you for the spirited so. debate, gentlemen. This debate has been going on for decades. We'll probably go on for another decade. So No, if we ever bring up Scotty Pippen, it's because he decided to suck Michael's dick again. That's the only time he's ever being brought back up in this podcast. On that positive PG rated note. Better be a positive fucking nut for all I care. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe button below. Maybe someday in the near future we'll have something positive come out of Chicago sports. But until then, we can suffer in misery together. Until next time, kids. Have a great one. <laughs>